This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ray's Energy. Yes, Ray's Energy provides you with all that flavor and not that energy drink afterburn. And it also provides you with all the energy you need without that crash later. They've got great flavors like Galaxy Burst, Phantom Freeze, and even Sour Gummy Worms. And if you act now, you can go to repsports.com. Use the promo code R2P2 and you can save 10% on your order. Again, that's repsports.com. Dot com. Use the promo code R2P2 and you will save 10% on your Raise Energy Drinks order. Now let's go ahead and hit that music. What's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning into the Face the Heel podcast. Uh, if you're noticing, we are a couple days later than normal. This past weekend was just so beautiful that our families wanted to do stuff. So we couldn't really say no after a year of not being able to do stuff. So we're bringing you a nice little special home edition of Face the Heel. And it's that because literally Paul and I are not in the same room for once recording. Uh, It's a little weird, but, you know, we wanted to still bring you an episode because so much strange, ridiculous insanity has happened over the last week that I I think we would fail as a podcast not to talk about it. And I, I think Paul knows what I'm referring to. Yeah, I don't, I, we have to talk about it, but I don't want to talk about it because it's just going to be angering and it's just going to make us angry. And anybody who's a wrestling fan is frustrated with what's transpired, but we do have to talk about it. Yeah, you're correct. The giant multiple and by multiple, I mean, five elephants in the room is uh, WWE released more talents last week. You know, we kind of talked about briefly last episode, uh, they released a bunch of NXT talent, but it was like not really anyone that matters or people you even know who they were. So I always, I looked at that as, all right, they're trimming the fat. Cause I also mentioned how they're doing a bunch of like corporate restructuring. So I'm like, okay, they're trimming the fat. They're like getting lean. They're like trying to finally be a proper working, like corporate cog. And then all of a sudden, a couple days after that podcast, they released several good mid-carters and two main eventers from the main roster, not NXT, the main roster. So a couple of them, I was like, okay, sure. And then there were some big heavy hitters. So to me, the like kind of least, eh, who cares? I can kind of go past them, uh, was honestly Lana. She got released. Yeah, she's been doing great stuff with Naomi, but... Lana is weird, though, because they've always had Lana involved in something. Yeah. And she's always been, she's always been like, with Rusa, uh, Rusev, or she's been, like you said, with the tag team, or she even had title shots. But, like, even with Rusev quitting and going to AEW, they almost, like, that elevated Lana. Like, she was the sole survivor in this past Survivor Series. Yeah. like and it looked like they were going to make her super face and actually give her a push. So I'm not shocked that she was released just because of the politics of it all. But I am shocked, I guess, that they've always been doing something with Lana. And even when her husband left the company, kind of on bad terms, they, they proceeded to still do more with her even. And then just an abrupt... You know, maybe it was just her contract had expired and they didn't renew it, but that's not what I'm taking from when it's said that you're released. Yeah, so it's weird because 
that's one of the things we don't really know about. Like I mentioned with Alexander Wolf, it was like he was about to expire and he he already said he wasn't going to resign. So like in some situations, I feel like it's actually very rare. It's uh them getting released like semi early because they already said they're not going to resign. Others, it's usually because they want you gone or they ask for their release. Uh, such as, like, for someone we just saw debut on AEW, which was Andrade, he was asking for his release for months. I highly doubt Lana was asking for her release, because she was being showcased pretty much every week. So I'm assuming that was just WWE finally went, you know, we want to push Naomi singles-wise, maybe, and we got nothing for you, so you're on the chopping block, and she did get cut. Uh, That's really the only reason I could think of for Lana. It was just that one was definitely kind of out of left field, but I could also see if they're like, hey, we don't see you pass like this gimmick opener, so we're just going to let you go. Yeah, could be. I mean, she's pretty much a, a guaranteed to go to AEW. Yeah, I'd imagine, honestly, if they were smart, I think they would just like kind of try to recreate the magic of Rusev Day and like have him be the Bulgarian brute with Lana as like his ravishing manager. And if they don't do that and they put her, because like, I'll give Lana, she has trained really hard, and she has, like, definitely improved her skills, but, you know, something Paul and I talked about after, like, all these releases, like, something he mentioned to me was, like, like, almost good isn't good enough anymore. Like, it used to be... Yeah, I I mentioned that to you. Yeah, that's what I just said. Oh. (laughs) Uh, Like, we were talking about how, like, I know I said, like, you can't even be average anymore. Like, good has to be average, and great has to be in the moments, like, for pay-per-views and stuff. So I think, like, maybe WWE is realizing that, which is why if they just don't see good to great potential, like, if you're just average, like, maybe you just can't make it in the industry anymore. Like, there's just so much that... When you have a bloated, oversaturated roster, you need to separate yourself in some way, and... When there's just hundreds of wrestlers that are dying to get on TV and dying to get their chance, you can't just be another run-of-the-mill wrestler. You need to be the best. And it's WWE's fault, It perhaps on them. I mean, you know, these wrestlers got compensated quite handsomely, I'm sure. But it's WWE hoarded the talent, and now they're just like, fuck it, we don't need this talent. Let's just release them. We don't, we're not threatened by any other company, or we're selling. Who knows what they're doing? But... When you have like so many mid carters, you have so many kind of like average wrestlers. It's like, well, what what are you doing that everyone else isn't already doing to get ahead, to be a top guy? And there are questionable releases that we'll get to here because I do think there were eh, one of the guys especially was doing what they should have been doing and still got cut. So it had to have been like a political thing, but who knows? Yeah, I'm assuming like Solano's in the one weird situation of like she wasn't really supposed to be a wrestler. Like she only kind of really became one because the fans just got so behind her and she got so much momentum that WWE tried to capitalize on it. And I just I don't think her skills really came along. Like, you know, I said for both Charlotte and Carmella, like when I think they first got pulled up to the main roster, I thought they were very average wrestlers and i would say they're both above average now because you know they put the work in they put the effort and they busted their asses to get great and i feel lana like she did try really hard she did get better but it just it wasn't enough and i think it wwe didn't, it finally didn't realized that, that it didn't help that she was in a storyline for 476 days of getting put through a table by 
Nia Jax, like the yeah. most the most non over wrestler of all time. Which is weird because it even well. like gave, that ended up giving her like a little bit of an extra push by being the sole survivor at Survivor Series, and it's like it's weird they keep getting her to a good point and then they well, just go you know we're done. <laughs> well, again though they didn't she wasn't the like real sole survivor. Yeah, right? she didn't, I feel like, like she didn't like that. eliminate anybody. She was like the last one by default. Yeah, by count because everyone else eliminated one another, so they couldn't even like throw her a bone and actually like do something to like to like actually like do ha- have a way to like build her wrestling persona and get her over. They just kind of like did the cheap ass WWE yeah. way. They, of, they did like, a cop out. Yeah. A, co- a cop out. And been, that's my chair wiggling around squeaking. Sorry. <laughs> and it's very unfortunate, but you know, I don't think this is going to really set her back. I like, if she doesn't go to AW Miro, I'd be very, very shocked. Uh, it would have to be well, because she, she just she's, wants she's time a, off. She's an actress too, I think, or she's yeah, she's wanting been in to movies. like have a movie career. So I would, I would hedge my bet on maybe she'd go to AEW, but she'd have her eyes on something she's maybe a little bit more passionate. Like about honestly, I, something I could see her doing is like almost taking like the Eva Marie route and like just gets in some movies, get some other endorsement deals, like some fitness stuff, like go back into modeling. Like honestly, she has many like pathways she can take so sure. I, I think she's going to be fine like she's definitely so going to be fine sure yeah, yeah uh one of the other ones that honestly really has no saying and it's not shocking it's just sad to me was buddy murphy he's gone but he hasn't done anything in what six months four months yeah like good worker able to put on good matches um Kind of got stuck in real shitty storylines. Yep. Like getting it, get, being involved with Seth and the Mysterio family during that awful, awful, boring feud did him no justice. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, I'm really not going to miss Buddy Murphy. Yeah, I feel like I it's one of those things is. people were really into him when he was cruiserweight champion. And after that, he's just kind of gone down that it's to the point where when he gets released, people are like, oh, okay. And it's to unfortunate echo, to echo our favorite uh, wrestling podcaster, Jim Cornette. He, uh, I listened to him talk about Buddy Murphy and he said, um, you know, and I agree with him wholeheartedly here. He said, um, Buddy Murphy, like, you know, good worker, but he doesn't, um, what he's got to do is I guess reinvent himself is how he said it. Yeah. He suggests maybe going to like new Japan or going to the indie scenes simply to, um, redefine and recreate himself on his terms yeah because there's because like what are you what are you gonna do like go to aw or impact and just be murphy again or buddy or buddy murphy and you know there's nothing there's nothing remarkable buddy murphy's done over the past x years you know i think he could really benefit from just kind of finding himself as a wrestler again where you know, he can do it in front of like a smaller crowd or an indie crowd and just not really care about the image, but care about him and what he wants and his wrestling. So, I mean, that's probably where he'll go. But, you know, who, who knows? He'll probably be in AW too because they just they sign fucking everybody. Yeah, it's one of those things like with a lot of these towns, I actually made posts on our Twitter about where I think people might end up. And while I think the people they released this time are all like good talents with like huge potential. It's like some of them I don't think AEW will try because like 
they didn't really have a great portfolio in WWE that it's like, eh, do we even try? Like, there are definitely people I'd love to see Buddy Murphy face in AEW, but I, I honestly expect him to go to New Japan or Impact. Maybe Ring of Honor, but I think Impact or New Japan is where he's going to be landing. Um, and e- either way, I think he'll be able to reinvent himself, and I think he'll get better. Uh, it'd probably be better for him to go to Impact, but I think New Japan would also be real good for him. Yeah. Uh, honestly, uh, now the three shocking ones, because there actually was six people. One of them was uh, Santana Garrett from Santana NXT. Santana Garrett. Yeah, she, yep. honestly, i kind of shocked she just wasn't in the week before release, because uh, they don't really use her. And yet again, it's just, to me, trimming fat. But now we're getting into the ones that I we didn't trim fat. We, like, cut off a limb. Uh, so the... Trimmed financial fat for some of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, which this one probably wasn't anything financial. Uh, Ruby Riot. You know, Riot Squad is officially dead now that two out of the three members are no longer with WWE. Uh, I know a lot of people are very on the fence about Ruby. Like, I, she's one of those ones. I think she's good, but she's only as good as her opponent. Like, if her opponent is a mediocre wrestler, she's not going to be able to put on a great match. If her opponent is a great wrestler, she's going to put on a great match. Yeah, I've, I've, I've never cared for Ruby Riot. Uh, Ruby Riot's provided me nothing. Again, just the outside of her look that she has, because she does have a, a unique look. Um, I think Rhea Ripley kind of came in and is like the final form of what Ruby Riot should be. <laughs> so that's kind of, you know, they, they, Ruby Riot is like the Equate brand version of Rhea Ripley. And uh, I mean, maybe that's like a testament to just like how good Rhea Ripley is and how awesome it is that she's, you know, champion and around. But I mean, Ruby Riot just provided, I, I don't know any wrestling fan who's like, yeah, Ruby Riot's my favorite. Or, hey, did you see that Ruby Riot match? Like, uh, even when she was with the Riot Squad, was anybody like, yo, like, Riot Squad's got a match with so and so? Like, uh, none of them put on good matches. None of them do anything spectacular. None of them, sorry. The absolute definition of just average in a world where you need to be great. They're good at best when you need to be great at your worst. Yeah. It, that's, the, that's the environment we're in. It's one of those things. I think if they were around during the women's revolution, when you had like PCB, the Bella twins and bad or whatever, Naomi, Sasha, and Tamina called themselves. I, you know, I think they would have stood out and it would have been a game changer. But at this point it was like, when they first came on, it was exciting. And then they just like never, got any opportunities or did anything that they just kind of fell to the wayside, which is why they tried to reinvent all the characters and just none of them have stuck. So I'm hoping for Liv Morgan's sake, like this sticks for her on SmackDown. Cause I don't want to see her gone. She's probably one of my favorite wrestlers out of all the WWE. And honestly, like I say it all the time. Like she's definitely like my like WWE crush Liv Morgan and Alexa bliss are like my two favorites. They really are. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I don't I, want her I, gone. I, I, I mean, the writing is on the walls to to suggest that they do like Liv Morgan and that they do have, they don't want to release Liv Morgan. They don't want her with another company, but they want her to just be what she is now. You know, like is this the way that WWE's like? Okay, now we're just legitimately going to actually give Liv Morgan a legitimate push. Is she going to go for the belt? Um. Because Liv Morgan's kind of just been in the same place since her NXT days. Yeah. And 
you know, there, there's nothing else now for Liv Morgan besides just like her being a singles competitor. Now, if they do the WWE, you know, thing that they do all the time where they'll just throw her with another random tag partner, well, that'll just be stupid. And I'm, I'm not going to be shocked one bit if in like a week or two she's with, uh, I don't fucking know who's on SmackDown that needs a partner like uh, Dana Brooke. <laughs> Carmella. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. Who's they'll also not really team. doing anything. So I bet you there'll be a tag team and it'll just be so stupid. Um, But yeah, nah. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping the best for Liv. I'm hoping she doesn't get the horrendous treatment that was the Lana Bobby Rusev wedding, but uh, we'll see what happens. Well, she was a she was a part of that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm hoping she doesn't get that treatment again. Like they don't Uh, get her with that BS again. Yeah, they repackaged her into being a lesbian for a week and dying her hair more blonde. Yeah, that was it. As, instead of, you know, everyone praying that she was going to be what Alexa Bliss is now. Sister Abigail, yeah. but actually be a Sister Abigail that people gave a shit about. Yeah, we, we got wrecked on that one. Uh, and then the two heavy hitters that were super, super blindsiding that no one saw coming. That almost made people think the news was fake until WWE themselves said it. Uh, the first one to me, which is... I guess the like you could say the least shocking of the two uh, was Braun Strowman. And yeah, I, well, with, with Braun, I because I've heard that it was his contract that was the problem. Yeah, and that it was he had he's making way too much money. He's and granted, we we we've gone on and on about Braun Strowman and how WWE absolutely ruined Braun Strowman. They should have put the belt on him in like 2018, 2017. They never did. And now they're left with, you know, and granted, Braun Strowman was a big WWE guy. Like he's gone on record, what, saying like, um, I don't know, WWE is the best company to work for. I'd never go work for any other wrestling company. This is where I want to be. And they reward him with a get the fuck out. Yeah, which is insane because he, I like, from what I've, like, comprehended and understood, like, he was just a bodybuilder that they, like, brought in and was like, hey, we think you could do great things. And well, that's what Eva Marie was, yeah. too. So they do that quite often. And it's one of those things, like, he went to NXT, and honestly, he probably got called up too soon because I just don't think he was close to ready when he broke off from the Wyatt family. But that dude literally, like, I just talked about how – Lana, like, and Carmella and Charlotte, like, tried to really put the work in. The amount of work that dude put in to get to where he was, like, he was great in the ring. He literally, he committed. He wasn't half-assing it. He was, like, fully committing to giving everything to WWE, and he did for years. And he was over at multiple points, both as a face and a heel. But honestly, for me, once the Strowman Express came about, I was just so over and done with him. Because yeah. just every storyline they put him in was so dumb. And I was just like, like, he was universal champion at one point, and I just didn't care. Yeah, sadly, Braun's career is going to kind of be remembered as like just the ultimate fizzle out. Like yeah. he, he was finally given a, a main title and just nobody cared. It was so underwhelming. And then it just kind of, he's went off the air a little bit, came back doing the Strowman Express thing and... You know, after after he failed his like money in the bank cash in, 
that's kind of when it just all went downhill. Yeah, I would because they were too afraid to take the belt away from Brock. Yep, and I I hope that in the back of their mind, WWE can at least just not admit it out loud, but Vince and whoever can admit it to themselves in the back of their mind that they fucked up and they should have at the very least, at the very latest, let Braun cash in successfully and get the universal title from Braun or Rome or Brock or Roman or whoever it was at the time or whatever their plan was. I think it was Roman. No, he cashed in on Brock, like straight up. Like it wasn't one of the, uh, I'm going to cheat, do it while you were down. Like he straight up was like, I want a proper one-on-one match. And they had him lose that proper one-on-one match to Brock. Oh, because you know what it was? I'm thinking of, like, there were multiple, like, fake cash-ins of his. Yeah. Or, like, there was the time he did come out to cash-in on Roman, and the Shield saved him. And, because he was going to fuck Roman. Roman was fucked up. He came out. It was, like, the end of Raw. And the Shield, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose came out and yep, saved Roman. Yep, that and too. that was, so that was, um, wait, was that his cash-in? I could have swore it was he heads up, um... Because he also came out at SummerSlam, too, right? To, like, stare at Brock and Roman during their match or something and was like, I'm going to cash in like a man. But then I'm pretty sure he cashed in and Seth and Dean saved Roman. See, this is the thing. We don't even know. It's a testament to, like, who cares? I loved Braun. I know everybody, you liked Braun. Everybody liked Braun Strowman. But my man fizzled out. And it's just, it's really a shame because, yeah, I mean, I, I liked Braun Strowman. Wasn't the greatest wrestler, really wasn't the best in-ring talent, but I mean, he had a he had a gnarly voice, like just an intimidating country boy voice, deep, huge, mon- huge beard, just, you know, the definition of just like a huge guy that you would not want to get into a fight with. And at the end of the day, it's just, he just fizzled and just nobody cared anymore. Yeah, uh, so I found it and it was honestly, it's funny because that was 2018 Braun Strowman that won the money in the bank yeah. and it was saying and was how happy with that. he was like kind of feuding with Roman and he, I think he faked it out and Brock ended up getting it. Cause it does say, uh, failed his cash in when a, Oh no. When a Brock Lesnar run in ended his hell in a cell match in no contest. Yes. That's what it was. Yeah. And Paul Heyman maced, uh, Mick Foley. Because Mick Foley, for some reason, it was the, yeah, it was a whole bunch of shenanigans all because they wanted to appease Brock Lesnar. Which is awkward that we've like brought him up a couple times, and it's like probably the reason Braun's no, got... I, no, I'm gonna cut. I don't think it's to appease Brock because I think if you appease Brock, you just let him live in his home in Canada and not be bothered. Now I think yes. it's to appease Vince. Back I think then, Vince I think was, was just like, I think Vince was like Brock. I'm gonna give you eight million dollars. Can you just come do this thing at Hell in a Cell? And Brock's probably gets off his couch. He's like, all right, fine. Flies down, makes some easy money. I I'm pretty sure since like 2015, maybe. Everything hasn't been done to appease Brock. I'm convinced that Brock just doesn't care. He does what he wants outside of like the the Dean Ambrose match where he was pitching all the like fucking CZW stuff. And Brock's like, fuck that. and Fuck you. Yeah, which is unfortunate. That match could have gone down in like history is just nothing but phenomenal. And I think it just it was subpar to what it should have been. Uh, that I, I think the unpopular opinion that ma- I think that made me kind of open my eyes to uh, I think John Moxley and this is a little bit of a tangent but I think he's a lot more difficult to deal with than people admit and I think he's a lot harder to work with in the ring than he leads on or that people lead on because he just seems like he's he wants to do all this shit that he used to do back in like the indie days and he can be a stubborn fuck 
and it showed when he was just so done with WWE, you know, yeah. but so, so I'm wondering if like people, it's easy to blame Brock, but like, I wonder if Brock was just like, nah, I don't want to get hit with lights and take a, a, a thumbtack bump. And Dean Ambrose or John Mox is probably just like, bleh, bleh, uh, 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 you know, <laughs> you know, now that you say that and it's like, I think about it for a second. I, I think you're kind of right. Like, and that's probably why he's still so over because he still goes and does that shit on the indie scene now that he's not with WWE. Like he goes to CZW or whatever in places and he still takes neon light bulbs to the face and shit. I swear I drove by a family dollar and I swear I saw John Moxley in the back of it in a ring fucking taking insane bumps and shit. <laughs> I, I could have sworn I drove by. I had stuff to do so I couldn't stop and watch. But I was family dollar backyard. They had fucking like string tied around a fucking Metro mattress, king size bed. And John Moxley, I swear to God, was like jumping off it and shit. Dude, honestly, you could be right. We don't know. Uh, we can't say Paul's wrong. Like the pr- the proof's in the pudding. He still does that. Like I said, I, I had other stuff to do. I mean, I was busy. I, I had to go do other things, so I couldn't stop and see. But uh yeah, I could have sworn he was there. Which, you know, now that we mentioned Brock, uh, one of the reasons people believe Braun was released mainly was because he just signed, like we said, he was getting paid big money. Like, either right before the pandemic or right at the beginning of the pandemic, they signed him to a big contract, probably to keep him. And they were like, hey, we're going to put the title on you. You're going to help carry us through the pandemic. And, you know, originally when all these talents got released, a lot of people were like, oh, my God. Like, is it finally happened? Is WWE finally selling? Because they're trying to bring down their, like, salary cap and increase their profits. Which, at first, I was like, holy shit, I think that is the case. But then I thought, well, they're getting into works with New Japan, so could they possibly be buying New Japan? So, like, those are the two thoughts I've been going back and forth, back and forth, until uh, Brock Lesnar was relisted on the website as an active wrestler. So now we just think it's because they're repaying Brock Lesnar and he's going to be back at SummerSlam. And he's going to be making a shit ton of money. A shit ton. Because we still have one more release that probably was also in a decent contract, not as big yeah. as Ron's. But we, uh, we got to get to it. You made me sad. I forgot about it. Yeah, I know. Uh, so it. the last one that, honestly, I don't think we can spend too much time because we'll just start crying on the microphones. Uh, the final release was Alistair Black. Literally days after just hitting Big E with a black mass and putting everyone on a cliffhanger that was, oh my god, he's back. This is insane. He just, like, screwed Big E out of the regaining the title. He's like, like, Literally days after finally reemerging on TV and cutting these awesome vignettes, they just cut them. Yep. So stupid. Which honestly, one of the stupidest cuts WWE has ever made. And I really hope that they regret this. I really hope that Tommy End goes somewhere, anywhere, and becomes a superstar. I really think you're going. If to. he goes to AEW and they fucking push him, I'm I'm watching AEW every week. 100 for, for Tommy End. It's the same reason I started watching Impact again. When Eric Young went back to Impact after getting misused in WWE, I was like, hell yeah. When the Good Brothers went over, I was like, all right, I'm watching Impact a little bit more again. If Tommy End goes to AEW, I will be tuning in every week. I don't care if it's on a Wednesday at 8 o'clock, a Friday at 10 o'clock. I am making sure I'm watching AEW because the just possibilities are endless in AEW. Honestly, in any company, his possibilities are endless. Like, he could go to AEW and 
like go with the Dark Order. Someone mentioned working with Blade and Butcher, and I went, "Holy shit, would that be an yeah?" Insane... That would I would actually think that'd be actually not bad. I yeah, think that'd be quite good. Like that would be great. Like honestly, you could even get Bunny back in the ring because she used to wrestle and like maybe stop playing manager, and he could just run the most like brutal gothic biker badass like faction we've seen in forever like i i can't believe i didn't think of that until i saw someone on twitter say it and i went yo i've actually been a fan of busher and blade forever and i feel like they're just they're missing something and i think that something is a front man because they're great in the ring and okay on the microphone and promos so if you get someone who can just like be captivating like tommy end like, it'll be like what Bray Wyatt did for the Wyatt family. Like, at the time, Luke Harper was still trying to get on the mic. Roman or Rowan was not good, so they kind of kept him silent. And, you know, he just held that faction. And I think that's what Tommy Ann could do for Butcher and Bladen. Especially because, supposedly, we're going to be getting Trio's tag team titles in that's, AEW. That's pretty stupid. I don't like that really at all. Because it's just going to showcase more fuckery yes. with just AW just putting 406 guys out in one match just to get everyone on TV and it's just going to be more chaotic so I I think they I did it very well in Lucha Underground but I think to make it successful you almost have to get rid of the tag team titles but they're not going to do that so uh, I'll be very interested to see where this goes I it's either yeah. going to be the best decision they've met, made yet today or the worst decision there's no yeah, in between I mean, I have to think that, like, because Alistair Black, Tommy End is married to Zelina Vega, perhaps there's some lingering, um, like, political behind-the-scenes bullshit going on. Because, I mean, Alistair Black's, his, his new character was awesome, was captivating. Everybody was into it. He comes out and attacks Big E, like you mentioned. Everybody loved it. His, apparently, his, like, he had new music, which... They just recorded. So he new. said it was his best theme song yet. I sent you a video that I guess I did research on it. They, that's not actually, that wasn't actually his music. It's some bands. So I don't know. But point is, uh, WWE really, really, really fucked up with, with Aleister Black. And he's the one wrestler that I legitimately, um, legitimately just, I can't fathom that they released him. And I believe he, that I believe they made a huge mistake. And he's the kind of guy that can go somewhere and, and really make them regret it. Yeah, And I hope he does. I hope he does. I said months ago that I thought Andrade was also in that bowl, but like Aleister Black and Tommy End, that's maybe they won't regret Andrade. We'll see what he does in AEW. But like, if you don't think you're going to regret releasing Aleister Black, then you shouldn't be in the business. Like you should not have a job anymore because yep. you're just an idiot. Like no offense if you somehow listen to this podcast and you're that person that decided to release them. Like, no, I don't care anymore. You can be offended. You're an idiot. I don't care. That's just yeah. Would, but that suggests to me that it's something behind closed doors going on. Yeah, which is unfortunate because I heard from Bully Ray's podcast, and I'm praying he's wrong. He actually believes like all this was just Vince fucking with him, like huh. giving him the vignettes, giving him the music, and then just releasing him. The, he, there's no way. That's the, that. What does Vince gain from that? I, well, I'm going to have to see a Bully Ray saying it because I was like, you know, I'm praying this is wrong, but I feel like there's a small percentage that this actually could be the case. And I'm just praying that's not the case because that would just be so fucked up. 
I mean, so Vince Vince thinks he's he's getting Alistair Black by turning him into an awesome character, having him cut awesome promos, having him re-debut in an awesome way, but somehow jokes on us, we got you. Yeah, I don't Vince, know. It sounds like you are an asshole, and if that's what you're trying to do, you fucked up because you just made this guy bigger than what he ever was. Dude, you have no idea. He's re-released Tommy N merch and it's like it's sold out within hours. Yeah, People have job, already Vince. signed him to do like uh meet and greets, like virtual meet and greets. And within a day, like I've seen in my Facebook groups, they were like, oh, hey, we're going to have to get more merchandise. We've already sold out through our specialty stuff and we're going to get you guys more like, um, dude, the amount, the attraction he has right now is, yeah, whenever he shows up somewhere, it's going to be insanity. And I'm, yeah. I'm praying it's AEW because they have fans. And fans will go ballistic when they see Tommy N's name come up on screen or he just jumps somebody and takes off a mask and it's Tommy and, you know, people that absolutely that'll be a huge pop. Like that's absolutely. one to go down in the record books. Yeah. Well, it's probably a good spot to end, right? Yeah. I mean, a whole podcast dedicated to the the one topic, but it was a very very important topic, I think. So I, I'm glad we did take the time to, 100%. to cover that. Yeah. Which, you know, go to our Facebook, our Twitter, anywhere you feel like commenting. Let us know. Do you think the releases were due to Brock coming back? Or do we see the possibility of WWE maybe selling for, you know, the, the insanity idea that that could be? Is yep. Vince finally selling out? Which then the question is, uh, NBC or Disney like it has to be one of those two <laughs> yeah I mean I would just I would just love for anybody to comment anything I'd love to hear from people who listen Even I'd if love you to hear say hi yeah I'd love to hear other points of view I, I'd love to hear what el- everyone else is thinking because you know it gives us more ideas me and Ralph kind of bounce off each other it'd be nice to have other people's opinions and discuss that so please I- I'd love to interact with people so don't be afraid to comment reach out to us we'd love to hear from everybody even if you're afraid of someone else seeing your comments, just message us on Facebook. Then only Paul and I will see it. No one else. That can stay private. I don't see it. I don't use Facebook. Yeah, I know. But so I was like, people, we'll see uh, you're, you'll talk to me. But I, I figured I'd let people know Paul might see it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this was fun. I enjoyed this. Yeah, I got to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, have fun and uh, enjoy NXT tonight. Oh, and yeah. we will definitely be recording another podcast this week. So go ahead and like us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. My name is Paul. That's Ralph. We are the Face the Heel podcast. We'll see you soon.